The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. We're in our fifth week of our series on the book of Ephesians, a a really good letter uh, by Paul to new Christians in Ephesus. And I hope that as you've come over the summer, these last four weeks, that you've gotten something out of God's Word every time that you come. Because God's Word is living and active, and it's powerful, and it changes lives. Amen? So we're in our fifth week, and as we'll see in a few moments, uh, this passage, this portion of, of Scripture from Ephesians 5, talks a lot about light. And so when I was thinking about this message, uh, I was thinking about sunlight. And I just came back from our church's mission trip to Haiti, and I'm telling you what, we've never been in the summertime, but that sun and that light was powerful. It was fierce. It was hot. Sunlight. I mean, do you remember uh, back from your grade school days, I mean, how far uh, the sun is from the earth? No? Okay. Me either until I start with 93 million miles away. I mean, from, from Haiti, I, I flew into my hometown, St. Louis, and I thought Haiti was hot. And I get to St. Louis, which some of you when I first came here said, oh, man, that's the armpit of the Midwest. And I know why now, why you say that. Because for five straight days, it was over 100 degrees 104, 105. I'm like, what is going on? I was melting. The sunlight was so powerful. Thank God we had air conditioned rooms uh, in Haiti and air conditioning, certainly in my parents and my in laws in St. Louis. But that sunlight is powerful. 93 million. Does anybody remember uh, how long it takes from the, sun, the sun's light to get to Earth? Oh, now you're getting a little bit guessing. Eight minutes. Somebody said, I think, eight minutes. That's, that, that's right. And do you remember also from uh, maybe fifth grade science class that the bright sunlight, white sunlight that we see isn't really white? Good, because then you can watch this video. Now do you remember? No, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Different colors make up that bright white light that we see from sunlight. And as it goes through that prism and it separates into a beautiful rainbow, and, and really God confirmed that I should be talking about sunlight and rainbows to me, just a little thing like this, flying from Detroit to Miami, we come through some rainy spots, and I look out the plane's window, oh my gosh, it's a rainbow. And then the very first morning that I wake up And Robert, you can attest to this. I wake up in Haiti, the orphanage in Torbeck, Haiti. I see this double rainbow. It was incredible to me to think, okay, Lord, yep, should be talking about rainbows because the same thing that happens through that glass prism, through raindroplets, it it happens naturally the way God makes rainbows, just right in the sky, beautiful like that. And so it made me stop to think about rainbows and, and really... Before I even get to Ephesians 5, I just want to stop for just a moment and say, I think as we live in the 21st century, when you see a rainbow, maybe you're thinking about something else. I don't know. Maybe you're not thinking about God's promise to Noah, but maybe something else. Because our society, our culture in general, has really just stolen that beautiful symbol to make it, uh, you know, uh, for the homosexual community, LGBT community, the gay pride, 
You know, they use that as, as a symbol. And you might think, okay, I'm going to be slamming. No, that's not the case what I'm going to be doing today. But maybe some people who aren't Christians think, oh, those Christians, they're just so hateful and they're intolerant and all these things. And I, and I would just say this. God's Word says homosexuality is wrong. Just as it does drinking too much alcohol, just like it says you can't sleep around, right? Adultery, just like it says lying, cheating, and stealing. The Bible says that all those things are wrong. And so if people struggle with homosexuality, then they belong in the church because we are sinners all the same, struggling with our own unique things. Amen? We need to be here. We need to be listening and confronted to God's Word and what it says. So that rainbow, as you look at it in the 21st century, you know that it is so historic that God actually made this. After the flood, He made a promise to Noah and to his family that He's never going to flood the earth again. And just like there's so many promises in the Scriptures that we need to say, yes, Lord, I count on this promise. You are true uh, to me, great is your faithfulness, the song that we sing. That rainbow that's made through these, you know, God's light, God's powerful sunlight shining through droplets of rain, making this rainbow beautiful is the same thing that God says to us. So I want you to open your Bibles, please. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be talking about how not just light is transformed from white light into a beautiful color, but how we experience a spiritual transformation. Every single Christian experiences a transformation about God making us beautiful too. But he uses a different prism. He uses the prism of the cross. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, Just pay attention to these references of light as we go on through the Scriptures. Ephesians 5, I'll start in verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be, there there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man or person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. I'm going to stop there for just a moment and just, just talk about this darkness and light for a minute that Paul is saying that we were once darkness, now we are light. See, isn't it interesting? I I thought when, when I read this, Paul isn't saying to us that we were in darkness or that we were affected by darkness. St. Paul says you were darkness. You had an absence of light. I had an absence of light. We weren't just victims of the darkness of sin. It penetrated us to the core. We were sinners. 
We were enemies of God. We deserve God's wrath. Ephesians 2 talks a lot about were and are as well. I love that chapter. We were defined by that, but thankfully God has done something. God has transformed us. He has changed us into light. We've been transformed by the prism of the cross. God's light shines through Jesus to make us beautiful. We are, the Bible says, we are light in the Lord. We're not affected by light in the same way. We are light, the Bible says. At one time we were darkness, now we're light. And because we're light, we ought to act like it, amen? Notice the ways it mentions in today's verses. In verse 1, live a life of love. Not a hint of sexual immorality, any kind of impurity or greed. No obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, disobedience, but the fruit of the light. Consist of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Church, we are the light. And so we ought to act like it. Now when did God transform us from darkness to light? You see, in God's eyes, we stopped being darkness because he transformed us to light. When did that happen? Because we were sinful from birth, the Bible says. Sinners from birth, sinful from the time our mothers conceived us. But through the word of God, And through the gift of baptisms, we were joined together with our Savior Jesus in his death, in his resurrection, to have this faith. To know that this prism of the cross of Jesus, and I love how beautiful that cross is, don't you? All the different colors of the rainbow through that. I mean, it's every time I I baptize someone, whether that's an infant or an adult, it's like God shining this light through the prism of that water, that water, and it's making somebody transformed from darkness to light. I think that's totally beautiful, that we would understand our baptism that way, that, that, uh, that this light that goes through um, rain droplets and water makes something just so beautiful like that, but then God doing that, that we weren't transformed because we were a good person. Or we did all these good works and those good works outweighed our bad works and therefore we're changing or transforming ourselves. God does something to us. When in our baptism, he says, I, Jesus said these words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For some of you, that happened when you were just a little bitty baby and you had nothing to do do with it. For others of you, you still didn't have anything to do with it because God's word then came to you as an adult and God's word through the Holy Spirit is acting to transform you. And then you were baptized with water and through the word of God. I love what James chapter 1, verse 18 says. God chose to give us birth. God chose to give you birth through the word of truth. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Paul says it this way. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So now we're people of light. And it says we should have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Pay careful attention when you read verse 11. How do you plan to live that out? How do you plan to live that out? Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Well, maybe some of you are thinking, well, how do I live that out? Then, then maybe I should avoid the people who do the deeds of darkness. Is that what you're thinking? Bible doesn't say that, though. Paul never says have nothing to do with the people. 
who do the deeds of darkness. The Bible says to have nothing to do with the deeds. God says, rather, expose them. I mean, just think about it. If you enter a dark room, how do you make the darkness go away? Do you say, oh, I just don't want to go in that dark room? No. You turn on the light. If you hear a strange noise in the middle of the night, right, and you want to go check it out, what do you do? You bring a flashlight with you, you turn on a light, or somebody's nudging you, you know, husband, go check it out, right? Paul says, don't take part in the deeds of darkness, but expose them. That's what a flashlight does. That's what a light does. The only way we can be in contact or bring those deeds of darkness into the light is have contact with them. And who's the light? You are. We are. We're the light. But here's the thing. You just can't go into a dark room and flip the light switch. Because what happens? When it's totally dark, you've been sleeping in the middle of the night, you turn up, ah! The people that live in darkness are going to cover their eyes because it's too bright. It needs to be done slowly. It needs to be done carefully. Exposing darkness, brothers and sisters in Christ, is a careful activity. But then Jesus, he was the forerunner to us. He was the example that he set for us. That he didn't avoid the people of darkness, doing the deeds of darkness. He was sitting there eating with them, right? Telling them who he himself was. And how did he expose the darkness? He lived as light. He lived a holy life before them. Paul's talking in Ephesians And he's telling us, do exactly what Jesus did. Because if it weren't for Jesus, we'd still be in the dark. Amen? We'd still be in the dark. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Great words from Peter. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. As people of, of, of light, we don't go exposing around sin because we think it's a fun or enjoyable thing to do. Do you? I don't. But as the Bible says, it's even shameful. It's shameful to mention even the things that, that people do and some of the, thin, the, the sins that people find themselves in. It's shameful. It's hard for darkness of this world to understand that because they're comfortable living in darkness. In fact, many people who are just coming out of, from darkness into light think as Christians, we just like talking about people's sins. Or we just like talking about it and condemning and judging and saying, okay, it makes us feel better. Many of them say, oh, you're just rubbing it in or making, you know, making us feel bad. But that's not why God wants us as light to expose sin. Why do we, why does St. Paul say we should expose this darkness of sin? Because the darkness of sin lives way deep down here in the cave of our hearts. And it's totally dark there. And if that's not exposed, if it's not exposed, it can't be forgiven. 
Remember the psalmist saying, you know, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. But then when I confessed to you, when I confessed to you, the light of Christ shines to expose that sin, for us to confess it, for us to repent of it. And God's word is there. His law and his gospel used as tools to expose and change, to transform darkness to light. Make no mistake about it. God wants us to speak boldly out against sin. But remember the purpose. What was the purpose for which Christ called you out of darkness? I mean, was it to put you down and tell you you're a terrible person? No. So he wouldn't do that to other people as well. But at the same time, we're called out to point that sin, right? Loving the sinner, but hating the sin. And in humility, we can say, you know what? I was once in darkness too. I understand how dark it can be. But God did something to me by the word of truth. He made me understand. We are children of light. We operate in light, not in dark. We don't have a, a, a bat's built-in radar that we can work and function at, at nighttime. No, because God shined his light on you. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have the word of truth. We're sensitive to light. And God calls us, not as nocturnal beings, but diurnal in the daytime creatures. I'm going to look at chapter 5, the end of it, verses 14 to 20. Describes how we are to be the light. Verse 14, for it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it's said, wake up, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will what? Will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I remember Jesus' words saying, hey, work while it's still day, while you still have the light. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this teaching from Ephesians 5 is so important. That God is the one that transforms us from darkness to light. And he uses the prism of the cross to do it. It's even more amazing than a rainbow. Than the rainbows that you see outside. He makes you beautiful. He makes you his child a child of light. Thanks be to God, amen, for that spiritual transformation. Shine bright.